by the middle of 2020 and I shared with you the direction we'd go this evening earlier in the day but by the middle of 2020 it was interesting to me how there were times that my opening series of messages for that year became a running joke I can't tell you how many times people made comments to me after I'd preached that series early in the year, and then by mid-March, we were going, what in the world, literally, is going on? And people would make comments like, oh yeah, Pastor, you know, best year ever. (laughs) And it was lighthearted, it was funny. Not necessarily everything we experienced, but it was funny to to have ironic to have had that thought as we entered the year and then the way 2020 unfolded and as was evidenced this morning no one to vote 2020 their their greatest year ever i'm not sure why that is but it seemed like nobody came away with that that thought In fact, probably you might say 2020 was the worst year ever. Or one of your worst years. Regardless of how you personally were affected by the global events, you may have come away with that thought. We're going to be in several passages of Scripture tonight as we revisit this idea of the best year ever. Yes, a little facetiously, I include as a subtitle, let's try this again. But I believe, don't you, that regardless of what this year holds, God desires to grant you your best year yet. I believe that that was true for 2020. But the reality is that as people, we have experiences in this world that are hard. And I'm glad, aren't you, that God does not shy away from that. There are a lot of teachings out there, including people who say they're teaching the Bible. Certainly a lot of other religions or... or, um, worship type groups who will teach and say that you know whatever your idea of God is will will prosper you will prosper your life and many times they include things like your bank account if certain things are true of you but God doesn't shy away from the fact that regardless of your following of him Life can be, and in fact will be, hard. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be poor or bad experiences. But I believe that regardless of those experiences, those challenges, God's desire for us is to have our best year. Join me, if you would, to begin in Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. In verses 7 through 13, 
this is a passage written to and for Israel, okay? This is not a promise directly to us. But I believe there is an extension of this throughout the New Testament, even to God's people, to the church. And God says to his people Israel, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Thank you, Rebecca. That thing's up here chirping at us. He goes on and says, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Now again, this thought, this statement from God is to Israel. It's not directly to us. But don't you agree that we find elements of these type thoughts in the New Testament? For example, Jesus told his disciples in John 16, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. So Jesus said in the midst of tribulation, you can still experience my peace. You can still be victorious. You can still live as overcomers because I've overcome the world. John would carry that thought further in 1 John chapter 5 when he tells us, your faith is the victory. Your faith overcomes the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I believe that God desires to grant us our best yet. And here as this year closes and we go into a new year, and no, my wife asked me earlier, do you want to stay up and watch the ball drop? No, I really don't care. I prefer my sleep. So at 9 or 10 o'clock, whatever time it is for me, when I drift off into sleep, hopefully, as I go in from this year into next year, I believe that we can get on the path to our best year yet through remembrance, reflection, and reaction. Let's work through these, looking at some passages of Scripture. First, this idea of remembrance. Remembrance is something the Bible speaks of often. In fact, if you do a word search, the verb form remember is used 148 times in your Bible. And many of those uses... God is exhorting his people to remember his works, his promises, and his character. Many of the familiar events and stories of the Old Testament revolve around this idea of remember. What was the purpose, what was the point of the Passover? You remember as God was getting ready to bring the 10th plague on Egypt, and he, he knew, he told his people, it's this plague that is going to at least temporarily change Pharaoh's heart. He's going to release you. You're going to go off. You need to prepare the lamb without blemish, the, the bitter herbs, the unleavened bread, eat it in haste. And you're going to keep this day 
from here on throughout your generations. Why? What was the point? So that they would what? Remember. So that they would remember. If you read through the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, you get to Deuteronomy and something happens. You're reading through Deuteronomy and you go, a lot of these stories sound really familiar. In fact, if you study it out, you'll find that Deuteronomy is 90% history. And I don't mean it's telling us stories that are historical. I mean it's telling us things that had already happened that the Bible has already said earlier. Why? Moses was repeating the history to generation number two so that they would, what do you suppose? Remember. When Joshua leads the people over the Jordan River into the promised land for the first time, they collected 12 stones, one for each tribe, and they erected a memorial on the other side of the Jordan River. What was the purpose? So that they would what? Remember. When you see these stones, when you see this memorial, it will be a remembrance. And when your children ask what is meant by these 12 stones, you'll be able to tell them about how God brought us out of Egypt, took us over the Jordan River, and gave us entry into the land that he would give to us, that he would defeat our enemies for us. It was so that they would remember. This form of memory, remembering God's works, his promises, his character, allows present fear and future anxiety to be calmed in light of God's past faithfulness. That's what it's all about. It's when I'm enduring life right now, I'm experiencing these fears presently. I have anxieties about the future. All of those things can be calmed as we remember God's past faithfulness. One said it this way. In fact, this is from a book about, it's entitled something to the effect of how your phone is changing your life. But it's interesting because the author talks about remembering. And he says this, remembering is a key verb of the Christian life. We recall our past. We correct our nearsightedness. We take heart. We regain mental strength. We find peace in the eternal word. Remembering is one of the key spiritual disciplines we must guard with vigilance among, um, amid the mind-fragmenting and past-forgetting temptations of the digital age. How common is it for us to be so focused on the here and now? And often when our focus is strictly in the here and now, we're focused often on the negatives, aren't we? we we've had this discussion before. You, you can go to work tomorrow and have really a good day, and there can be one thing that goes wrong, one thing that is sad, and you go home at the end of the day and go, it was a bad day. 
And the reality is seven and a half hours was just fine. 30 minutes was bad. I did a number of different things yesterday. I went to Walmart was one of the things I did during the day yesterday. And apparently someone decided, thought I had parked a little too closely to them. And I had driven off and I realized after I'd driven off, there was a note under my windshield wiper, and after I made my next stop, I took it out, and it said, don't be stupid. Don't park so that I can't get in my car. And, you know, that was one thing out of the day. But, you know, that's the kind of thing, one thing out of the whole day that can make you go, man, it was a horrible day today. Just one little thing like that. Remembering is important because it takes our focus off those here and now problems those here and now negativities and causes us to remember the goodness of God Charles Spurgeon referred to this as diligent memory memory that takes work that takes labor he described it this way memory seems to lie in two things first in retaining an impression and then recollecting it at a future time. Remembering or retaining an impression and then recollecting it at a future time. This has been described by others that have had an influence in my life as a faith memory. Making a big deal of the work of God, the character of God, the times that you've been impressed with God's work and his promises and making a big deal about it so that later in life that is something you can go back to and remember and that memory of God's past faithfulness encourages you for the present and the future we could go to a lot of different passages in the Old Testament in particular about remembering but I want to share with you a challenge from the opposite perspective it's Psalm 103 I want to read the entire psalm, but the, the part that stands out for this is in verse 2. The psalmist writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Read the next phrase with me. And forget not all his benefits. What's the opposite of forgetting? Remembering, right? So remember all his benefits. And then the psalmist goes on to list them. Follow along. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. 
As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Does that psalm just encourage your heart? Does it bless you as you preach to yourself to bless the Lord? Forget not all his benefits. If we would take under our minds and hearts to put into practice this psalm, when we're faced with present challenges as we go into 2024 and the difficulties come the challenges come the hardships come if we would put this psalm into practice do you think that those hardships those difficulties those problems would keep us down i mean when we've got all of this to praise god for when we've got all of this to give thanks for. How, how difficult is forgetting? How many of you have had a loved one who has suffered from Alzheimer's or dementia? Many of us. My wife's grandfather, who just passed away, had suffered for the last several years of dementia. And in our previous trip to New York, just a couple of months back, we made the trip with my mother-in-law to see him and only stayed a couple of minutes because he did not have a clue who we were. And do you know what that forgetfulness caused? He was anxious. He wondered who these strangers were in his home. It, it created a sense of fear, of anxiety, of agitation. That was the disease working upon his mind. Do you know, though, that those are the same type of things that are produced when we forget God's benefits? Fear, anxiety, agitation in life. Remembrance is so critical. So let me encourage you as you go into this new year, focus on remembrance of God's works, his character, his promises. Number two is this idea of reflection. I want to encourage you to practice reflection. I want to go back to the passage we saw this morning, Haggai 1.5. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Evaluate. Now this morning, it was in the sense of priorities, and that's the context of the passage. But I want to encourage you, as you think about putting into practice remembrance, and then putting into practice reflection. Remembering should cause us to reflect, not only on God and who he is and what he has done, but also on us. And as you reflect in light of 
yourself, your life, your outlook on a year, your, your reflection of what this past year has been, there are some questions that sincere reflection should cause us to think about. Do we honestly appreciate and respond to God and the experiences of our lives? If we honestly appreciated and responded to God in light of the experiences of our lives, good or bad, don't you agree that it would change our perspective? That it would change our outlook? In other words, even when we go through difficulties, we're not saying that things aren't hard. We're not saying that there are not things that cause grief. We're not saying that there are never moments or even... Uh, experiences that produce sadness. Lamentation is a Bible word for it. But in the midst of those things, when we remember God, His works, His character, His promises, does that not work as the psalmist said? That morning endures for a night. But what comes in the morning? Joy. And by the way, friends, understand that doesn't just happen. It's a result of remembering God, of putting this into practice. Are we accurate in our assessment of God, ourselves, and our circumstances? There are times when we go through things in life, when we endure hardships and difficulties and challenges, I think I shared this recently, that we begin to take a negative outlook about everything. We begin to see everything as negative. We begin to see when we've endured a hurt at the hands of another person. We begin to express a sense of distrust toward every relationship in our life we begin to read negatively into every interaction and conversation we have with somebody else. That often comes from forgetting and not accurately reflecting on what is going on in life and who God is. So are we accurate in our assessment of God, ourselves, and our circumstances? Do we actively experience spiritual amnesia? The pastor and author, Paul David Tripp, often speaks of this idea of spiritual amnesia. It's, it's often, for him, in the sense of not accurately viewing the gospel throughout our lives. You realize the gospel is not just about the moment you got saved. You, you know that, right? The gospel is your life. You are a a product of, if you're a child of God, and a reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should be reminding ourselves and preaching to ourselves day by day the gospel of Jesus Christ. But often in our lives, we experience spiritual amnesia. Peter wrote about it in 2 Peter chapter 1. He spoke about the gospel, the promises that God has given to us, the divine nature that God has imparted to us. And he tells us to add to our faith virtue, temperance, meekness, uh, brotherly kindness, charity, and so on. And he says, if you do these things, you'll be fruitful. But if you don't, 
you'll come to the place where you will, guess what? Forget. You'll have forgotten that you were purged of your old sins. So we need to practice reflection. And then thirdly, and very simply, these, remembrance and reflection, accurate, proper reflection, should produce a reaction in us. Should produce a reaction. When you remember God, when you forget not his benefits, the psalmist was preaching to himself, and what did he say to himself the result should be? Bless the Lord. He said it multiple times in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, ye his angels. Bless the Lord, all his works. That remembrance should produce that reaction. Listen to what he said, the psalmist, in Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? The Lord is what? The Lord is what? Psalm 119, I... I love it says not only that the Lord is good, but the Lord does good. He doeth good. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Lord is good? If we believe that, and it's not just a head knowledge, because that's sometimes what happens in your life and mine, isn't it? Is the Lord good? Well, yes, the Lord is good. It's a head knowledge because we know the Bible says it. It becomes a heart belief when regardless of what we experience in life, we can say from the depths of our soul, God, you are good. You only do good. But read the rest of that verse too. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that, that what? Trusteth in him. You see, this is the ultimate reaction. When you practice remembrance, when you call to mind, isn't that what Jeremiah said in Lamentations chapter 3? He's lamenting chapter 1. He's lamenting chapter 2. He's lamenting at the beginning of chapter 3. And then in the middle of chapter 3, he says, This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. And what did he recall to mind? It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness remembrance of God, his character, his works, his promises, reflection, even in the midst of hardship. Jeremiah was there, wasn't he? He was living it. Even in the midst of that hardship, he could say, through remembrance and reflection, my reaction is, I'm going to hope. What is hope? Trust. Trust in God. When you and I practice remembrance, accurate reflection, the reaction will be a heart belief that God is good that springs out of trusting in God. 
no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter the hardships that you may face, I would be lying to you today if I said I want to relive 2020. But friends, if we've grown, we should be able to look ahead to 2024 and say, regardless of what the year brings, it can be my best year yet. Because the reality is, a good or bad year for the child of God should not be determined based on the circumstances of life. Do you believe that? Do you agree with that? That should not be the determination of a good year. What do you suppose God's determination of a good year or the best year for our lives would be? What would it be determined by? I would say it would be determined by fruitfulness, wouldn't you? Spiritual fruit. Growth. Growth in Him. Growth in our faith in Him. Our trust in Him. And I believe we can get on that path through remembrance accurate reflection and then the proper reaction that springs from that which is that trust in God that says God is good he only does good no matter what I experience no matter what I go through God is good four years ago when we did this idea of the best year ever I provided you a questionnaire, and we're going to provide these again. And it has about 30 questions on it that are, that are thought-provoking questions. As you leave, there's a few out on this table in the front lobby, several here in the side lobby on the table. I want you to take them with you and read through them and reflect on them. And as you do, practice remembrance of God's work, his character, his his goodness, his promises. Accurate reflection of who he is and who you are and how you've reacted at times in the past. Do an accurate assessment and then react as God leads you and let how you respond to the questions in the questionnaire flow from a commitment a determination to taste and see that the lord is good and a determination to trust him in a greater way than perhaps you ever have before make sure you grab one of those on your way out this evening heavenly father thank you so much for the opportunity to gather again and and worship you thank you for your word and i ask that you would help us to just take um this challenge you would help us to to take these activities these these steps of remembrance reflection reaction and and think through them even as we go into this week and likely in the first week of the year there are going to be some hardships and difficulties and things we don't like help us to really begin focusing on practicing these steps in a way that helps us to live above it doesn't mean that there won't be hurt it doesn't mean there won't be grief or lamentation at times but in the midst of all those things 
we will recognize your goodness, trust you implicitly, completely through it all. Help us to grow in the year ahead. Lord, help it to be the best year for us personally, for us as a church. And we'll be sure to give you the praise and honor for it in Jesus' name.